Hello and welcome back to the Ten Pine Podcast. We're here with me, Lucas Normal, and Beefham. Yes, lad. And today, we're here. it's a pleasure to announce we are with a very special guest, former professional footballer, Alan Stubbs. Hi, guys. You all right? Yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Yeah, all good. So we'll get started off with, um, what was like your sort of first memory of football? Like you, how did it begin? It, well, it would have been as a, pretty much like every young kid. I was growing up in, in Kirby and... Um, it was a it was a, a bedrock of um, loads of teams, um, and we were like, what was I? What would have been on under under sevens, stroke under eights, and uh, believe it or not, I was a striker then as a kid growing up, um, and we had a really good team um, with a uh, a manager at the time, a guy called Josh, um, and he was brilliant, and we were. We we were, as I say, we were we were quite good and we won a few trophies and and that was the early part of of me growing up, yeah. you know, as a as a kid and, and playing football and and doing something that I, that I loved and and obviously the bug is just like the young kids now. You see them and the yeah. parents are taking them to to the football and they become the taxis and they they taxi the kids everywhere to go and play uh, play for these teams. Exactly exactly the same. Yeah, you know. So, um, and then it all started to to progress bit by bit. Then um, I was I was uh, I was got asked to to go to Everton um, to to train, which was like like wow, you know. Everton when you was a kid, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Surprised you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a blue as a, as a kid on the terraces in the Gladys Street, standing on the crates. Looking over the wall, you won't <laughs> remember that, but uh, that was early on in the Gladys Streets, um, and then obviously get the opportunity to go and train, and and you know it was you know one of them where you you pinch yourself to actually you know you're going through the gates at Belfield, where I stood as a kid trying to get autographs off the players when they were coming out, and then suddenly find yourself walking walking in there and, and training there. It was a bit surreal, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So what sort of like what sort of players were in that Everton youth system with you? Um, that like made it. At the time, there wasn't really nothing that many that made it through from 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 that group. Yeah. Um, just well, I'm trying to think. My, my, my coach was um, Graham Smith, who was there for quite a few years. Um, and he was a really good, really good guy, really good coach. The guy that was running the academy at the time was a fellow called Ray Minchel, which was long, long. To, you won't remember. It was quite a, quite a while ago now. You know, you're talking. Well, I was, say for instance, ten. So you're talking forty-one years ago. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you were small then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that tells you how long ago it was. You're, you're making me feel really old. You know. <laughs> um, so. And it, and it all it started to yeah. starts to get a little bit serious then you know when you're in an academy it it does get serious my my, my parents were fantastic with me um, in terms of my dad he didn't drive but he, he made sure that I got everywhere mm. it needs to be as as parents do um, and then ultimately come the day where it's exactly the same now the people who are in charge have to make decisions. Yeah. on what kids they keep and what kids they they let go 
and um, unfortunately for me, it was between me and another lad, and I don't know the lad's name, and it's not doesn't really make any difference to him being honest. Um, they decided to keep in, and and they made the decision to, to let me go. Mm. Uh, and like anybody, you know, you just feel you want the the the. the the earth underneath you to fall away because you think that's the end. Yeah. You know, you think your dream's over. Um, what age was that? Sorry. So that was that would have been probably th- thirteen. It would have been around that. Around yeah, that's that. That's a tough time, isn't it? It is. Regardless, because you think you're you're on that pathway, yeah, and then suddenly, before you know it, your feet are taken from underneath you, and you think it's all it's all gone. So was you still a striker then, or did you move to a centre half? Was more as a midfielder then. Yeah. yeah. My path, my playing pathway went like from a striker, whether you want to look it down or whether you want to look with me. I was a striker, then went to wide, wide left for Kirby Boys, and then went to midfield when I was playing at Everton, uh, and it wasn't really until I missed a few injuries really at Bolton that I got asked to play in. Uh, in the centre of defence, and as as a kid, I was I was average size. It wasn't until maybe 13, 14 I started to really have a growth spurt, yeah. um, and then I became this skinny, lanky lad. Um, so it, it was it was it was fantastic because obviously as you know at Everton and you're training with and you're seeing. You know the pros there. You see them training, and you see them leaving, and you you you're around it. But then, obviously, when you 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 get told you're getting released, it was like devastation. Yeah. Um. You know, it was a lot of tears. Um. Arms around you from your dad saying it's fine. You know, we'll go we'll go somewhere else. But you don't really think about that at the time because you've just been yeah. released from. Do you think it was like over? I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. You think it's you think it is over. Yeah. Uh, because you, because initially, you think you're not good enough. Mm. Because obviously, when someone, it's an, and and all it is is an opinion. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right. And luckily enough for me, you know, I was I was able to prove them. It wasn't necessarily proven wrong, but I was able to prove to myself that I was good enough. Yeah. Um, but that only only comes the the, the further you keep going. I think with some kids. And especially, I think with now, I think it would probably have a bigger impact now because of the way the way children are brought up now. Yeah, I, I don't think there are potential, and I might be wrong here, but I would say they're not as mentally strong because uh, I think um, there's different challenges too. Is hundred percent there is. You look at some of the younger lads on social media, the yeah. fourteen, fifteen, they've got yeah. hundred thousand followers. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I just to give you an idea, at that when I was fourteen, I you know I wouldn't have had a clue what a follower was. Yeah. Social media wasn't out then. Yeah. You know, so times change, um, society change, and I think from from when I was back then to now, society has changed massively. Yeah. Um, some people will say for the better. Some people will say not. Yeah. You know, so uh, whereas you know you were brought up with nothing. So it made you want things more, whereas yeah. you know, and I, and I I put myself in this bracket because I'm I, I've been a parent myself, and you and you want to give your kids everything you possibly can, and everything you everything you, you can afford to give them, 
you know, your kids are your world. Um, but but in the time when I was growing up, you know, for us to get, <clears throat> um, say for instance, you'd get a pair of boots yeah. as a Christmas present and then you'd have your stocking with your usual chocolates and oranges and stuff like that in and maybe another small present. Whereas now, I would imagine that might be frowned upon by some kids yeah, they were <laughs> yeah. just to get a pair of boots. You know, that's what I'm trying to, trying yeah, to say. I think, again, that links with that social media. Yeah. Everyone's at the heart, really. Yeah. You know, everything's glamorised now when everyone sees people with, you know, especially now with footballers, they see them yeah. with, the, with all the wash bags, they see them with all the designer gear, and, you know, and they, they see it and they want it. Yeah. It's, it's like everything, that phrase, you see, you want. Yeah. You know, if you didn't see it, you wouldn't want it. Mm. Um, so, it's it, times have changed. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, so going on to Bolton. Yeah. Um, how old was you when you made your debut there? I think I was, I just turned 18. Yeah. I think mm. I was around, but I'm terrible with dates. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible with dates. So, just to let, to let you know, I think I was 18. Um, yeah. Don't remember what my debut was. Um but all in all, all in all, I think I was 18. Um, and it was a great club. Yeah. A really, really good club. It was a very tight-knit club. Yeah. It wasn't a load of employees. It was maybe six people who worked in, in, the, in, the, in the office who were like your secretaries and your, your finance and things like that. And they were lovely ladies. There was one, one guy called Simon who's still there, actually, believe it or not, now. And... <laughs> There was the rest of them were, were ladies, uh, Jean, uh, Jan, and a couple of others, and they were they were great. They were great yeah. with us as as YTSs. To give you an idea, right, and this is where you'll go. What? Um, my first wage at Bolton was an old YTS scheme, and it was twenty seven fifty a week. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, and I used to make up my wage by trying to um, put expenses in. So I got expenses for travelling yeah. yeah. from Kirby to, 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 to Bolton. So virtually every day when I got on the train from Kirby, so it'd go Kirby to Wigan yeah. and then Wigan to Bolton. I stayed in the toilet from Kirby to Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Never paid. I tried not to pay. But the instructor got on. I went, oh, I've just got on the last stop, mate. So I'd pay from there. And then, so that's how I'd make my wages up. And I used to get <laughs> seventy odd pounds in expenses. Yeah. Um, but the amount of times I've spent on a toilet seat on a train is <laughs> more than a lot of people. Yeah, didn't you play in the playoff final against them, Tammy? I did. Yeah, that was the first one. Um, so was that at Wembley then? That was at Wembley. That was at yeah. the old Wembley. Um, so yeah, we lost that um, on the day. But then I'd have a, another chance to put the record straight when we. We were in the, the next playoff final when we played Redden. And I think we were 2-0 down at half-time. And we managed to come back and win it 3-2. We were dead and buried at half-time. Yeah. Um, What's the team talk like at half-time? Who was the manager then, sorry, as well? Bruce Rioch was the yeah, manager really, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Bruce done, Bruce done fantastic at Bolton. Mm. Really, really good manager. Really hard. This before or after Arsenal? This was before. Was it, yeah? Yeah, so he'd, he'd, like, he'd had the cup runs at Bolton. We managed to get um, promotion there, and then that's when he left to go to Arsenal. After that, yeah. Um, 
on on his on your Wikipedia, he said he tried to take you with him. He did, yeah. Yeah. Did. There's a story behind that. I was on what the basically the league had just finished, and I think we just got relegated. And prior to that season, I'd asked to leave because I felt as if we had a a decent group of players, but with maybe the right additions, we could be competitive in the Premier League. Yeah. And and the board went with the idea they didn't want to invest too much because they didn't want the club to be getting into too much debt, which I totally got. You know, I got that. But I, th- I thought if you were ambitious a bit more and maybe just bring in the right individuals, we could have had a chance of staying up and then trying to progress yeah. gradually. But I didn't see that. And I was getting towards the stage in my career where there was a lot more talk about me. You know, I was get I was in the headlines more. Uh, there was I was getting linked to to clubs left, right, and centre. And I thought to myself, there's got to come a point here where, well, if the club are not going to show a bit of ambition and a, and a bit of foresight, then I've got to look at my next challenge. Um, so that that nearly came when the club had agreed a nine million pound joint deal for me and Jason McAteer yeah. to go to Blackburn, and Blackburn. I'd just won the Premier League the year before. Kenny Dagleaf's the manager, and we we met we met him at the Haydock Thistle uh, in Haydock at the roundabout there. We'd agreed personal terms, everything, and as we were about to walk out the door, having agreed and everything, um, Jason got a phone call from Bolton to say, "Listen, we've accepted a, a bid from Liverpool for you for four and a half million. You're free to speak with them." So obviously that was going to kibosh the deal because Blackburn said to Bolton it's a four it's sorry it's a nine million pound deal um on the basis that it's a joint deal. Yeah. So if one doesn't sign the deal's off. Yeah. So it could have been me that if it was Everton mm. come in, if I would have said I want to go and speak with Everton, the deal would have been off for Jason. So Jason found himself in a really difficult position because he didn't want to let me down. But obviously he wanted to speak with Liverpool because that was his team. And I, and I basically said to him, I said, listen, go and speak to them because if it was Everton, I'd be going to speak them to, to Everton. Yeah, yeah. It's too hard to... Like, oh, and that kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I, and I didn't... It would have been very selfish of me to go, mm. you know, listen, don't you dare let me <laughs> down and go and sign yeah. with them because this, you know, we're going to Blackburn. But anyway, he went to speak with Liverpool and we'd already more or less said to the, the club and the fans were off. Yeah. So obviously then he goes to Liverpool and I have to go back to Bolton and I'm the one who's facing all the flack because obviously we've said yeah. we were going. But come the end of the season, there was the, the board at Bolton had accepted the bids for four and a half million from Celtic. So literally, I think it was the day after the season, Colin Todd, who my relationship with, with Colin got a little bit... F- Frosty at the end because he wanted me to stay. I wanted to move because I wanted to try and progress my career, yeah. and he wanted to try and build uh, build a team around me. And he knew I was one of the better players, if not the best player there at the time. Yeah, not saying that big headed, but you know, um, it probably was and where it was. Um, and he went, you know, basically the conversation was right. The club have accepted the bid for Celtic. You're free to go and speak to them, and that was it. Did you want to okay. move? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did because the time I think the time had just come. It was right. Mm. It was right for me. It was right for the club. You know, they got they got nine million pounds from Jason's deal and my deal within the space of twelve months, which helped them massively towards building the Reebok. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um so it was the right time. So on the way up to Glasgow, we got about an hour away from from, from Glasgow. And Bruce, my agent at the time, was Bruce's brother. So he had a phone call from Bruce, and Bruce was on the loudspeaker, and he went, um, right, I want you to come to Arsenal. Um, the fee's not a problem. We'll sort that out. Your personal terms won't be a problem. But I just need to um, sort one or two things out with the board. He went, don't don't, don't go and sign for Celtic until you've spoken to me. Which is... Which is can happen, you know, that can happen mm. with, it, with with players. You know, until you've actually signed, there's always the chance of other clubs coming in. Well, literally like Mudrick now with yeah, Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, waited and waited. And I said to Bruce's brother, I went, listen, we need to move sooner or later because we've been waiting here for two hours now. Yeah. You know, we'll wait. Celtic have, have agreed everything. We're standing here. You know, it's not fair. We need to know. So anyway, Bruce rang and said, listen, go and sign for Celtic. He said, I'm really sorry. He said, but I've got problems here. And it was all around the time when he had problems with Ian Wright. And there yeah. was things going on. And the club's, well, the club was second in the league at the time. And they sacked him. Yeah. You know, so they went with, from what I can gather, they went with, you know, and backed Ian Wright. Let, yeah. let Bruce go. So that's how the Celtic move came about. Was there a lot of pressure going to Celtic? like a massive club, aren't Yeah, there? there was. I think when I got there and, and the stadium was still, you know, only half built or three quarters built, there was the main stand, the stand to your right, and then obviously the far stand, yeah. the one behind the goal, which used to be called the jungle, that hadn't been built. Yeah. Then they were still in the process of doing it. But even when you walked out the tunnel and you looked and you you got a feel for an unbelievable stadium. Yeah. Uh, and it is an incredible ground. What was uh, it like being an Everton fan walking out to them? You'll never walk alone. A bit different. Um, but I tried to block that out of me and yeah. think, tried to think that it, it wasn't a Liverpool song. As far as I was aware, Celtic said that it was their song anyway and Liverpool bobbed it <laughs> off them so I, 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 that's kind of bored that I went with that um, but then obviously once the stadium was was finished and then to be playing in front of you know realistically 62,000 you know every other week yeah it was just an, an incredible feeling you know the yeah. the fans are are up there with the best the best I've ever come across you yeah. know there's I've I've been lucky because I've been at some good clubs, not good clubs, great clubs, yeah. you know. But Celtic and uh, and Everton fans are right up there yeah. with the very best. That that's that's out there. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Celtic was was different because um, you know the atmosphere when you when you're walking out in front of sixty two thousand, you can imagine how loud it is. Yeah, you know, Goodison Park, you've got forty thousand there. It's loud. But it had a different feel for me because I was a blue. Yeah. You know, so to walk out in, with that, and obviously, and to captain the team and all on, on quite a few occasions, it was special. Yeah. You know, it was special. It was more personal. 
mm. Everton, whereas Celtic was, you know, it grew on you. You know, yeah. you, you, it's one of them clubs, like you hear players who come to Everton and go, you know, Everton grows on you and you become part of the family and it never leaves you. That's what Celtic's like, you know, yeah. a brilliant club on and off the pitch. Yeah. yeah. So coming to Celtic from Bolton, is there a proper change in like mentality around the club? Because Celtic are sort of expected to win every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think probably it took me a little bit of time to to climatise with that mm. because the pressure was on you every week, no matter what you had to win, but not just win. But win with a with a with a with a stagger with a sorry with a with a confidence and a swagger. Yeah, mm. you know you had to win with style, mm. Celtic way. Was to play attacking, free flowing football. Otherwise, you know, they didn't want, let's just say, a long ball game. Yeah, you know, and that type of football. They 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 become accustomed to playing with managers who like to play football. Um, so and, and and Celtic at that time when I signed, they were starting to have a real push in terms yeah. of improving the team and trying to get closer to Rangers because, you know, you look at Rangers at the time, Gascoigne at the Loudrups, yeah, they had uh, Michael Moles, um, who else they had, um, Arthur Newman, let you know Dutch international. They were a team full of internationals, yeah. uh, Frank de Boer. George Albert, all German internationals, Dutch internationals, um, American internationals, Spanish internationals, Scottish Rangers internationals. Rangers winning more at the league. Yeah, more Rangers, at that were, time. Rangers were definitely stronger at the time. Yeah. You know, we they won the league in the first season there, and then the second season they were going for uh, ten in a row. Ten in a row was it? Was yeah. Was it second or third? It was ninety-seven, ninety-eight, I think, season, and. They were favourites, and but the one thing that we had at the time at Celtic, we had a we had a, a brilliant dressing room. Yeah, you know, we had a real camaraderie amongst ourselves, and we started. We were starting to improve and get better and better and getting stronger, and the gap was starting to get 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 closer. Um, Rangers that season, you know, realistically were everybody's favourites to win 10 in a row. Never been done before. Yeah. So the pressure was all on us mm. as well as what it was for them. And it, and I come down realistically to to the to the final few games and it was still could have gone either way. And there was a game probably I think it was the 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 New Year's Day game around Christmas where I equalised to make it one one. In the old firm. In the old firm yeah. game, yeah. That I just crossed it back post and I, and I was like a salmon at the back post <laughs> and I headed it back across um, I got above Goffey and then headed it back across and Goffey was a great lad really good really good player he was a good player at Everton when he came for a short time and um, it just sent the fans into hysteria you know the whistle went you would have thought that we'd won the game. Yeah. And the impact of that game, everyone looks back to that game and says, whether it was or what, I, I don't know. But people, everyone looks back and says, that was the goal that changed everything and, and won yeah. the league that year. It just seemed a momentum shifter, yeah. you know, in, mm. in, in that title race. Um, they walked off as if we'd been, been beat. We got a, a huge amount of confidence from 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 the game, because in the previous years 
Weeds played as well as Rangers in the games, yeah, but lost. You know, so and we went toe to toe with them, but lost. Mm. You know, and, and we needed that little bit of confidence, belief, whatever it was that you know we needed to come out the other side where when we have played well, we were the better team to win the games yeah, yeah. rather than to draw them or lose the games. Rangers had, the, had a knack of knowing how to win the games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Is it intimidating? Especially yeah. playing away, yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, whether you're a Rangers player or a Celtic player, whichever ground you go to, they are intimidating grounds. Yeah. You know, the, the fans are, are right on you. You can imagine... The stuff that's coming out of the mouths, you know, there's a lot of obviously religious stuff. Yeah. That that's that that spills onto the pitch. Um, the pressure in, in the build up to to the game is not the couple of days before; it's weeks before. Mm. You know, so it just gradually, gradually gets more and more and yeah. more. Say, so if a Rangers fan seen you out somewhere in Glasgow, yeah, you ever like approached by anyone? Like, yeah, on yeah. a few, on a few occasions. But luckily enough for me, um, if they respect you and think you're a decent player, yeah, they tend to go, you know, listen, mm. you won't necessarily shake your hand. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> respect you and say, listen, I think you're a good player. Yeah, mm. wish you were playing for Rangers type of thing. But we've had we had a few instances when we were there when we were out with the players and they 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 tried, you know a few fans tried to target one or two of our players that may have been an easy target for them because may not have been playing that well. Yeah. They they thought, excuse the, the French, they thought we're shit. Yeah. You know, and it was an easy chance for them to go, you're shit and, you know, and, and have a go at them. Mm. Whereas we'd always, as players, we'd always step in and, and tell the lads or, or the lads, whoever they are, basically to go away in no certain terms. Mm. But we'd, we'd be well protected there because we'd have... What you find is when you're winning, the bouncers on the clubs bars are Celtic fans. Yeah. When you're losing, they all seem to be Rangers fans. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we got we got pretty well protected to a certain degree, you know, yeah. from that from mm. that side of it. And I probably in my time there, I only probably seen a couple of scuffles, mm. you know, where mm. it was over very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, type of thing. You know, yeah. but, you know, if if you if you were to walk into a into a Rangers pub if you were a Celtic player and vice versa you'd quickly be told in a polite way fucking get out yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah. um, which you don't mind that because you don't want to overstay you welcome yeah yeah. you won the League Cup as well at Celtic yeah. against Dundee what's that like it was that at Hamden Park was it the Dundee one wasn't because Hamden was getting renovated I think at the time yeah so that was at I think it was at Ibrox, actually. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. the first one, uh, and then the other one, the other one. I think because I think I won, I won two leagues. I've got two, two leagues. Scottish cup. Yeah, sorry, two league cups and one Scottish cup. Yeah, I think it was. Um, the Scottish cup was at uh, Hamden. One of the league ones wasn't, and the other one was. I think it was. So you know, we we did. As I was coming to the end, uh, like 2000, 2001, Celtic were, were beginning to be the dominant team. Yeah. You know, they started that one, and that's when Martin O'Neill took over, and Martin's reign was, you know, was really dominant. And 
Um, I got the option of staying at Celtic. Martin had offered me a new deal, but I'd heard that Everton were interested. Yeah. And Martin was fantastic in terms of, you know, with me. Listen, you can go down and speak with Everton, no problem. I'd just got over my illness in terms of the cancer. And he said, go and speak with Everton. I know what 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 they mean to you. Um, he said, if it doesn't work out and you don't agree, you've still got a two-year contract on the yeah. table here for you and I want you to sign it. But, you know, these things don't come around too often. So I come down, met Walter in Manchester and as soon as I met him, um, I was signing. I was signing anyway, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, but obviously you, you want everything just to be agreed and... And then it was just a, it was a formality after that. Do you remember your first game back for Everton? No, no, no. I, I, said, I said to you before, I'm terrible with, <laughs> with dates. For me, the most important thing in terms of anything was that I got the opportunity to play for Everton. Yeah, that was the most important thing. Was that like the dream, was it? Oh, hundred percent. It was, you know, from from five years old, four years old. You know, yeah, that was as you're starting to kick a ball. You know, my family were Everton fans, so, you know, there was no other colour. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one had even been stupid enough to have the other colour on. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's something that I I think you, you brought up with. You know, I don't get all this where, you know, people choose clubs because of their success, you know, you either are one or the other, you know, Everton is, is ingrained in you straight away from an early age. Uh, And and that was me. Um, Same with my, with my, with my kids. They don't have an option to a certain degree, you know, it it was Everton or or Everton. (laughs) So, um, the difficult bit for me at the moment was that my daughter's going out with a Liverpool fan, which sick comes together. So do you know when you go to Everton, I need to sort of be careful how I wear this. Is there like a different mentality from the club in terms of winning compared so, to Celtic? Like, yeah, compared to Celtic, because like um, myself speaking as an Everton fan, yeah. I don't really feel like, well, especially now, it's not mm-hmm. really. Yeah, no, because I think it all depends on on the team. Yeah, realistically, because if you if you know, just say for instance, in our 2014 where we qualified for the Champions League, yeah, you know, fans would have been turning up that season, expecting the team to win. Yeah, but it's difficult when you're not winning all the time. Mm. If the, when the mentality is not, how do you think we get on today? First of all, you want to say, oh, we win today. Yeah, yeah, I fancy us today massively, but when. You're not using, you're not winning lots of games. The conversation then becomes, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. You know they've got a, they've got some decent players. It's natural, isn't it? Don't it is, and that's yeah. and that's and that's the way the mind works. Yeah. You know, if, if you witness more wins, you're more confident going to the games, yeah. thinking the fancy is massive today. We mm. we will not lose today. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like just take for instance Saturday's game, Southampton. Yeah. You know, I actually thought we'd win the game, go to the game, and someone said to me, what do you think? And I, th- I actually was quite comfortable with saying we'll mm. win the game. Yeah. But I know I could have asked another Everton fan, and we'll, sure, 
don't yeah. know how it's going to go. Yeah, I think they'd be hopeful mm. rather than confident. I think the players that carries over to them. Yeah, I think so because it's a habit. Yeah, winning's a habit. Losing becomes a habit. You know, mm. and and what happens is that when you when you're in periods of uncertainty, your mindset or decision making is the same. You become uncertain. So you know if when you're full of confidence. You don't you don't think of a pass, you automatically do it. Do it, yeah. When you when you your confidence is effective, you think about it more because yeah. you don't want to make a mistake. And the and the fact that you've thought about it, that pass is gone. Yeah. Because you've took too long. And that's the difference. When you when you when you're full of confidence, you, you see four and five options. Yeah. When you're not confident, you see one. Yeah. And that one takes too long. Yeah, and and that's that's how it that's how it boils over, and I'm sure that's how the players are now. You know, I can see it on the pitch. How do you get out of that? How do you get out of that sort of rut then? Basics. Yeah. I think you've got to really go back to basics. Yeah. You've got to, you know, limit your mistakes. You've got to try and start off, start the game well, because the last thing you want to do is if you start off the game poorly, it gets gradually worse. Yeah, you know, and and then you start to overthink things. Then, and I think right now, looking at the team. They are in that in that in that cycle. They're overthinking things. They're they're lacking in confidence. So when we we're saying, or you're seeing a pass from the stands, and you're saying inside, he sees it, but has got to make sure of it. Yeah. Whereas we're seeing it, and we're saying inside, yeah, because we can see it, but he'll see it, but he he deliberates over it. It's gone, and then, then, and then yeah. it's gone then. Yeah, and then everyone they'll go. Oh, what are you playing inside? That's what they have to deal with. Yeah, and I, and I just think that um, you you have to really just strip it all back. Yeah, you know, try and keep the coaches have got to try and keep the game as simplistic as they can for the for the players yeah. until you start to do maybe a couple of good things, and then it's like in a game you'll see it. You'll see someone who makes a couple of starts the game really well. And then he, he starts to grow, and you suddenly see him coming out and standing up. You know, sometimes you'll start a game, and if you if you don't if you're under pressure and you, your confidence, your shoulders get smaller. Yeah. When you start making good passes, you can see the shoulders start to stretch out, your chest sticks sticks out, and you see players grow into games. You relax during the game when you're confident. You should be. Yeah. But it's difficult now. It's difficult to be relaxed. Mm. The only time I was relaxed, and I'll, and I'll be really honest here. It was when the referee blew his whistle and we'd won the game. Yeah, that's the only time I was relaxed. Yeah, because as a player, football has a has a horrible habit of kicking you when you're down. Yeah, and right now, this that's what exactly what Everton find themselves in. They feel like no matter what they do, the team feel probably feel no matter what they do, everything's going against them. Yeah, but you can't be that way. You know that's where you strong individuals in in, in the dressing room. I've got a. You basically got to have a little bit of a siege mentality. Yeah. You know, right? We don't care what's going on outside. We don't. We can't. We can't let that affect what we're doing in here. Mm. We've got to believe in what what we're doing. You know, you do your job, right? Before you even do talk about anyone else's job, yeah. you do your own job, right? When you've done you when you've done your own job and you're doing that, then you can start to help the person in front of you a little bit or yeah. beside you. Yeah, that's the way you've got to do. Do you think the team's lacking yeah. them sort of leaders at the moment? Yeah, I do, and it's 
I think if I was to look at the team now, and I don't know anyone apart from Seamus in that dressing room. Yeah. You know, I was there as a coach with Seamus, and he's a and he's a brilliant lad, an absolute diamond of 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 a, of a, of, a, of a lad. Um, but if I was to look go through that team now, I think there's an element there's elements of leadership in the goalkeeper. Mm. But yeah. I'd I'd like to see more. And he can be a bit erratic. Yeah, I think Connor Cody, hundred percent, is a, is a is a leader. Yeah, I think Tarkovsky is a leader, but not as much as Connor Cody. And then, and then I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm struggling. I think Anana will grow into one, but he's young. Yeah, he's young. and I, and he and he still and he's still got to learn the game. Yeah, you know, I think he's got he's got potential, but I don't know whether he. Th- I look at him sometimes, and I, and I think he thinks the game. I think he thinks he knows the game more than what he actually does. Yeah, and he plays you know, in patches. He well, he's playing yeah. patches, and I, and I think that's where he's got to learn. He's got he's got he's got he's got lots of potential. I thought Saturday was by far his best game he's had. Yeah, I agree. He rose to the challenge. He took the game to Southampton. Um, but one's not enough. Yeah, you know you need. I think when you win it, because I thought Southampton, if I'm being honest, quite average. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. They, I thought they were an average team. Yeah, and I think any if Everton had half of their team or th- maybe three quarters at six Stoke sevens, yeah, I thought they would have won the game two or three nil. Yeah, I agree. You know, but but they never, and that's that's where Everton find themselves right now. Yeah, they're in a, they're in. They're in the old saying. They're in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, they don't know what what to do. Yeah, yeah. I used to think of Calvert Lewin as a bit of a leader, and I thought he would have done qualities. But I think since this injury, I don't know whether it's like mentally playing on him and stuff like that. But he, he just needs seems to get himself right first, yeah, doesn't he? Needs he needs to, yeah. seems yeah. a shadow himself, yeah. doesn't he? Like, I can see why though with the injury record as well. Mm. I can see why he's yeah. questioning it. Like, I I, I can, um, but I think we're Everton on right now. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not a prolific goal scorer. No, no. You only have to look at his goal scoring record over the five, last five years, four or five years. You know, he, he's had one good season, really, when he got into, I think, double figures. Yeah. yeah. You know, apart from that, you know, it's been sevens, eights. Yeah. And I think if we're really looking for a striker that leads the line and we can build the team around... We need a fifteen to twenty goal a season striker, yeah, consistently. Yeah, and I, and I just I look at him right now, and I don't think he wants any contact. I think he's reluctant to get up against centre backs. You later that that was a play yourself, maybe if you've had an injury. Yeah, but if he wasn't, if he wasn't, I know he's had injuries and, and he's had some terrible injuries in terms of setbacks and things like that. Yeah, you know, but you've got to be. Careful! What what was what was Dominic Calvert-Lewin doing well to put himself in the spotlight? You know, he was climbing above centre backs. Yeah. He was winning the flick-ons. He was chasing centre halves down. He was holding the ball up. Whereas now, you know, if I say to you, is he doing all them? He's not. Yeah. And you know, <sighs> do you think he's not fit though? How long? How long can we wait though? 
Yeah. So can we can we afford to wait for? And you know, listen, it could for him to be back at the levels where we hope he gets to. That could be another eight games. Yeah. Is it just eight our times? Maybe this season. Yeah, it, we don't have time. Oh, it, you know, we've won we've won three games in nineteen this season. You know, we've got nineteen left. And if you're if we're saying, well, you, you know, he'll be back up to speed after six, seven, eight games. We, can, we can't. Games, yeah. You know, we can't. You know, we've won three in nineteen. We're looking at it right now, and this is why we're in such a perilous position. We've got to potentially win six, seven games. Yeah. Have a half a chance of staying up. Yeah. And we've only we've only won three. I just can't believe the club, like they've known about Calvert Lewin's injury for so long. Yeah. They haven't replaced him, and especially this January, the fact they're wearing a striker in first yeah. of January, and I'd probably say a winger. Yeah. As well, I just I, I, I can't I'm wrap hoping, my head around that. I'm hoping that they've been they've had to wait for the yeah. for the right for this for a striker to yeah. become available because you know we find ourselves now on is it what. Day sixteen yeah. of the window being open, yeah. and we've not had one player in. Yeah, it's scary. Not good enough, is it? No, it's it doesn't bode well. No. You know, and I know Frank and the director of football, Kevin Thelwell, will say for the right players right now. You know, I'd say forget all about that. Yeah, let's get just get players in because all we need the right players. We're talking about for the next. You're talking about players for the next one, two, three, four, five years. Yeah, the right players. We need players for six months. Mm-hmm. We need the right players to get it to get we it for six job months done, don't and we? get and try and keep us. And up. again, it's next season again, no? Because we said this it next is. season, didn't we? But he's, he's like, you know, I think what he's what he's looking for, and it's obvious. There's no money. Yeah, it's obvious. You know, there might be a little bit. But the majority of the signings that are coming this, this this month are going to be loans. Yeah, you know, we've been linked with um, the striker at West Ham today, Antonio. Antonio. Yeah. And you know what? For what he is, I'd take him all day long. Hundred percent. Yeah. Because he's he's strong. He's quick. He works for the team. Yeah. He's exactly what we need right now, mm. striker. Yeah. You know, he, he for me is that if I was to play against him, I know I'd be in a game. Yeah, because he writes up against me. He'd be trying to barge me. He'd be trying to get in my face. He's a threat in behind, and that's what that's what I think we we haven't got up top. Yeah. Mm. We haven't got someone who's prepared to run in behind. Yeah, he's lost causes. Yeah, you know, stretch the pitch. Yeah, we've got people who want to come towards it and condense the pitch. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think if we could get him, I think he'd be a really good signer. I just you know, can't see West Ham because they also I can't imagine like if they want to sell them, do you want to if as you've said, I don't think there's no money either. Yeah. Mm. Do you probably want a decent fee for the loan? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you know, he's he's probably seen his his better days. Yeah. yeah. But all we're interested in, we want someone who can do a job. Mm. Yeah. You know, right now. Forget about investments and players who young players who potentially could be very good in two or three years time we need players for now yeah you know right now because we're in a, a critical position mm. where 
never mind in 18 months time you know I'd rather focus on on the next six months yeah because otherwise we're staring down the battle of being a championship team next year yeah. I know it could be our last season of Coulterson in the championship and it's yeah. just grim it is so, it is grim it is it is grim so um, going back to your own Everton career yeah. what would you say the highlight was then um first first one would be the opportunity and finding out that I was signing yeah that would be one but the highlights in terms of not any games or anything like that yeah the highlight for me is, is walking down that tunnel with an armband on your on your on your arm yeah and coming out coming up that tunnel to Goodison Road yeah you know every game in terms of me fulfilling the dream was a highlight yeah for, for me mm. um not individual games where I'd played well or I'd scored a goal I've got to be honest they don't really interest me yeah you know the only thing that interests me was one playing and two getting a result yeah and you know in football they're they're the fundamentals that you that you're paid to do yeah but when you're paid to do them and you're doing it for the team that you love you know it's it that's what makes it extra special yeah what was sort of like the the toughest like season being at Everton? Like, was there any like? I think we finished seventeenth for no three o four. Was there any ever like a belief in that squad that we will go down, or was it always we'll be all right sort of thing? I think there's there's obviously when you when you are. I think the first couple few first few seasons we were yo yo. Yeah, you know we'd have a good season, then we'd be for some reason we'd back down near the bottom. Yeah, near the bottom near the the bottom three places we yeah. were always hovering mm. above it but we were too close for comfy um but the one thing that we had <clears throat> we had probably technically there's there's a couple of better players in this team yeah than what we had then yeah but in terms of team spirit and camaraderie we had big characters mm. we had yeah big characters what was team. what was thomas gravison like <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tommy was a great lad, first and foremost. Yeah, he was. He was off his trolley, you know, just way out there in terms of his 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 mind. You know, I, I always tell a story that Tommy was was a box of frogs. Yeah. He was, you know, he, he came in one day in a in a brand new Porsche nine eleven turbo, mm. and he's Tommy loved his his cars. And he's come flying down the, the, the driveway at Belfield and this big, loud, you know, growl of a car. Yeah. He comes down and he, and he gets out and he goes, Tommy's Danish Scouse accent, <laughs> what about that, lad? What's that in <laughs> And like, we're all like, oh, it's lovely that, Tommy. And then a few days later, he comes in and he's like, oh, lads, he says, I had a near escape last night. I went, why? What happens? I had a, had a race with, with the coppers <laughs> on, on, the, on the 53 over in Birkenhead. He said, I put my foot down, he said, and I thought I could I could lose them. He said, and he said, to be honest, I did. He said, but when I slowed down, he caught me up, further down, pulled me over. He said, and uh, he's gone, um, what speed do you think you were going there, mate? He's gone, oh, I, I don't know. Uh, but I was going too fast, wasn't I? <laughs> and he went, well, yeah, he was, yeah. And he was like, luckily, luckily for you, he says, 
we couldn't register your speed because <laughs> you were going that fast. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he's gone. Oh, you, and Tommy's gone. Are you kidding, mate? Mm. He went. So is that mean I, I've been let off? <laughs> and the fellow's gone. Yeah, because there's nothing I can do. He says, but do me a favour. He says, please slow down. Right? <laughs> he says you're in a fast car. He says understand the car. And like, so the next, so the next day, Tommy come in and gone. The car's too fast for me, mate. The car's too fast for me. I've got to get rid of this. The following day, he came in in a Nissan Micra. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd gone from one extreme to the opposite, to the opposite. And um, he pulls the car in his little, and he goes, you know what, Al? He said, it's boss this car. He says, because you can park it anywhere in Liverpool. He said, because you're getting in all the little spaces that no one, that no one can get. <laughs> uh, and that was Tommy. That was a little uh, insight into the way Tommy was. Great yeah. lad. Off his head. Um, Good player, but, but a good player. Yeah. Do you reckon Brian would have been to sign him all Carsley? I think it was Tommy. But I couldn't be 100% sure. <laughs> uh, no, Tommy was a talented player. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he was ill-disciplined in terms of on the pitch because he just, sometimes he'd just run yeah. anywhere. You know, when, when he'd just see the ball and would go, oh, I've got to get the ball and he'd run. Yeah. Even though he's, he's left a man in a, in a, in a that position and and that was probably the only thing that that made Tommy frustrating yeah yeah with. but on the ball he was technically a very yeah. talented player very talented player yeah I, I, I was looking on your Wikipedia didn't you have an interview for the Everton's job when uh, Moyes left me yeah no I was I oh, basically, <laughs> yeah. on your no basically <laughs> what happens is that we were we were down in London. 21s and I think we were playing Tottenham at White Hart Lane it was and um, Bill Bill's officers were down there so I went and spoke with Bill and I knew that I wasn't getting a job you know mm. it was it was literally it was a token gesture to speak to me yeah yeah way. you know and I think Davey Weir and all spoke to him yeah yeah you know um, and did they ever think that we were going to get the job no not at all mm. um but you know it was it was it was it was it was just one of the things i actually don't can't remember who it was that came in that time after that i don't know whether it was martinez was, yeah was it, yeah. It was martinez yeah. yeah could have been yeah um and he said to ken knight what's the first thing he said to him <laughs> i promise you champions league oh. football when everybody said that yeah. those come out with some classics in the time and never fulfill them unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> so um moving on then so you wanted this brief um, period to sunderland then come back to everton yeah it was the sunderland um situation was probably one that myself and david if we had a chance to to go back would have addressed it Differently, yeah. Um, we just qualified for the Champions League, yeah. And the gaffer had said to me, "Right, we're going to offer you a new contract." Um, and I'd had, and, and I'd, I'd had a good season, you know. And then in terms of um, qualifying for the Champions League, and we, the wages-wise, was never an issue. Yeah, that was all agreed. But the gaffer's gone. Right, we'll offer you a one-year contract. And I went. I'm not signing for a one-year contract. Said I've been a big part of this season. I said I want a two-year deal. Yeah. He went, no, we can't. We can't offer you that because you know you're, you're 33 or 30. I think it was 33 or 32. 
33 matches. That's not that old in your career. And I was, I was, you know, playing as well as what I'd, mm. I'd played. Yeah. And I felt as if I warranted a two-year deal. So uh, you went, we can't offer you, you know, with, with changing the way we're doing things, with players over 30 and things like that. I went, fine. I says, but, I says, do I look like I'm, 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 I'm slowing down? And he went, no. I went, well, why, why aren't I getting a two-year deal then? He went, well, it's just because it's just the way the club's going away, going about things now. I went, okay, so then I won't be signing. He went, oh, don't be like, don't be like that. Come on, you'll, we know, come on, you'll sign. Went, no, I won't. And I, I got the, I just got the impression that they thought it'll be okay. He'll sign. He's, he's, he's a big blue, and they leaned on that rather than taking me for what, for what I was within the team. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I think they leaned on the fact that I was an Everton fan. It was going to be too too hard for me to say no, and I'd and I'd just give in at the end mm. and and sign a one year. Yeah. So anyway, I was in the pictures with 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 my wife, and phone goes just about to watch the film, and the man's going, "Take your phone off." I can't stick it. Stick it. <laughs> yeah. So I have to go out and, and answer it. So I've 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 gone gone out, and um, he's gone. Stop seeing the gaffer. Just ring you see whether. When gaffer, I said, I told you the other day, unless you're ringing me. To say you're offering me a two-year deal, I'm not signing. Yeah, yeah. They killed me saying that. It really did. And uh, he went, "Well, no, I can't." I went, "Okay then." I said, "Well, yeah." I, 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 I stand by my word. Yeah, yeah. And then anyway, so I became a free agent, and then Sunderland came in. I went, and Sunderland was a, was a, is, a, is a really good club. Yeah. Probably at the time, the, the squad weren't good enough. Was it Mick McCarthy? Was Mick McCarthy? Yeah, yeah. And I had. You know, a few months playing, and you could see very quickly that the squad wasn't good enough. Yeah. And I think, Mick, we had a conversation maybe in the October, November time to say, listen, you know, I think we both yeah. know which way this is going mm, in terms yeah. of, the, you know, they were going to struggle. You know, so I'm looking to offload the wage bill. Mm. And, he, and he said, and I said, listen, understand. Yeah. But in the meantime, Jimmy Lumsden had been on to me and, and said, you know, listen, um, let's put everything to one side. Yeah. Would you consider coming back? I went and I just looked I just, on the phone to him and he said, Are you for real? I said, The bloody course here. Of course mm. I would. <laughs> so, anyway, I met the gaffer in, in Preston and he just said, Listen, what one on went on. He said, Let's put it to one side. Let's, yeah. you know, signed till the end of the season and then signed for the next three years, a year in a row. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. It doesn't, justified not giving me it but mm. it did in a way to say that I was I, I come back to Everton and I was still there for another three years after that yeah yeah you know so um Everton had a really bad start to that season it, so did. Did. it did yeah mm. it did you know so I could easily sit here and say when I came back everything was all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't just me <laughs> it wasn't just me um you know I think my first yeah. game back actually I'm talk sorry talk about um me having a bad memory. I think my first game back that season was Arsenal when I came on. Uh, Did we, we win one nil? We won one nil. Yeah. One nil. Yeah. Is Omega sent off? Not uh, Omega. Fabregas no, got sent off. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. It was yeah. I that, game. that was the first game that season. So my memory seems to be okay when when it's the good. Games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're moving on um, yeah. after your career. Then it was management. Yeah. How did you find management? Um, I loved Hibs. Yeah. Um, Hibs was a brilliant club in yeah. terms of. When I went in, they were probably at rock bottom. Yeah, they'd been relegated. Uh, they should never have been. 
And Leanne Dempster, who was the chief executive at the time, yeah, she just sacked Terry Butcher, mm. uh, who'd only just came maybe halfway through that season. Um, and she said, listen, we want to completely go a different way. You've got a blank piece of paper. Um, and I, I met them and spoke about how I wanted to, to run the football side. Yeah. And then she, she rang me the following day, said, listen, we want to offer you the job. Obviously, I was coaching Everton at the time. Uh, went yeah. in to see David Moyes and he said, yeah, he said, listen, go and, go and grab the opportunity. You know, really good. You know where I am. If you ever want to speak or ask anything. And I went up and and I, I got in there and it was a mess. I had I had six players full time. Um, my physio was leaving. I had a scout uh, who was a stroke goalkeeping coach, which I didn't know that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I had no no coaching staff. Um, so I brought Andy Holden, he was at Everton, uh, doing the 21s. And I brought another one, we made John Duell, not with me. And, and it was all about then uh, working with the head of the recruitment, Graeme Barrow. Uh, Graeme Barrow. Um, they, um, oh God, I've got a second name. Graeme Matty. Um, about getting plays in as quickly as we could because yeah. the season was about to start in about four weeks time yeah. maybe five weeks time so um, we got a, we got a squad together um, yeah. first season was always going to be difficult because obviously yeah. it was new players gelling all together mm. and and we, we were competitive Rangers yeah. were in the league that year because they got they were coming back up from going out yeah. of the league yeah. um, Hearts were in it so it was at the time, it was probably the, the most competitive championship there's ever been. Yeah. Because yeah. they had the Hibs in it, they had Hearts in it, they had the Rangers in it. They were all premiership teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Hearts ended up winning it that season, the second yeah. season. Ourselves and Rangers going head-to-head. And obviously, yeah. their budget was probably eight times more, mm. probably even more than what we were. So it was always going to be tough. Mm. We weren't a million miles behind him in terms of yeah. in terms of quality, um, and in the end, they 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 ended up winning it, and we went we got to the Scottish Cup final. Yeah. Um, at one point in that season, we were the we were the only team in Scotland that had the chance of winning the domestic treble. Really? Yeah. That's with that's with Rangers and Celtic. Yeah. Mm. We we got to the final of the League Cup. Yeah. We got to the final of the Scottish Cup. Yeah. And we were obviously going for promotion. Yeah. Um, we didn't get the, the number one spot. Yeah. And then we ended up getting beaten in the playoffs. Mm. Um, so ultimately, we failed our main objective. Yeah. yeah. Our getting promotion was the main objective. But then we obviously we got beaten in the League Cup final and then to be, end up beating Rangers in the Scottish Cup final, which was yeah. a... An unbelievable day. Yeah, know? like yeah. I've seen the videos of that. The, you know, the fans singing um, "Sunshine and Leaf." Like it's just it amazing. Is. Was that their first trophy in like hundred years? They hadn't won the Scottish Cup for hundred fourteen years, mm. and then you're the manager to take them there. Was just like it was. I, some in foot when you're when you're in football, you get days where you know you're going to win. Yeah, you know you wake up. That day, and even before that, I'd, I'd, I'd dreamt that we were going to win the game 3-1. Yeah. And um, 
well, I woke up that day and I had just I had just such a, a good feeling about the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just thought we've got it. We're gonna have a brilliant chance here. And I spoke with the players the night before. Done a done a uh, a PowerPoint on certain aspects of how we're going to approach the game. Yeah. How we, how areas where we can we can hit ranges. Uh, a bit of psychology in there. Um, and then the day of the game. I knew we'd win. Yeah, yeah. Weird, a really weird feeling. Got the players on the bus. Said to them, "Save it every moment." Yeah, yeah. These moments don't come along. You know, take it all in. Yeah. Be relaxed. Don't get too nervous. You can lose the game on the way before you've even kicked the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. Said so. You know, be as relaxed as you possibly can. Yeah. Got to the game. I had, I'd, I'd, I'd done them all in the lockers. All mementos from all family members. Good looks, pictures, and everything, yeah. uh, which they didn't know nothing about. Um, and then we got out, warm up, mind mind on the game, and we, you know, we eventually ended up winning the three two. Yeah, just yeah. last minute head away. And last minute head, yeah. David Gray, who's, who's a legend in his own right now in 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 Edinburgh. Yes. Um, yeah, it was it was a brilliant day. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic one that I'll never forget. Yeah. yeah. Would you say the heartbreak of losing the final earlier on in the season sort of helped you definitely. cope with the experience? Yeah, yeah. Definitely because you know we we got beat by I think it was Ross County in that game and we were we played well. Yeah. yeah. We were the we were the better team, no doubt about it. Yeah. We made two individual mistakes in the game. We yeah. Lost us. We lost the game two one. Yeah. And if I was to you know come back again and you know and even go again. The only thing that was wrong about the performance was the result. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the team they had actually played really well. We were a championship team. We played probably I think we played four or five premiership teams. Yeah. And were unbeaten against against all of them. We in fact we beat them. Yeah. Yeah. And and Ross County go into the game and, and if anything, we were favourites for the game. Yeah. Mm. Um and unfortunately, as I say, two we got punished by two individual mistakes. Um, and it definitely helped us going yeah. to Hamden, experiencing it. And it should do, you know, a negative you should turn into a positive. You know, on the day we lost, yeah, the great backing fans, you know, stayed at the end, give us a standing ovation because they, they knew that what the effort the players put in, yeah, but it definitely helped then prepare them for the yeah. Scottish Cup final. Yeah, what's that like as a derby, Hibs and Hearts? Yeah. It's like it's you know it's 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 similar to well it's similar to like every derby yeah they both yeah. hate each other yeah um, you know there's obviously with their grounds you've got you've got hearts that's you know somewhere in the region of twenty thousand mm. Hibs is the same um, you know the the full houses they're right at each other's throats yeah um, they're intense yeah hearts is grounds slightly different because they they. They're very close to the pitch. Yeah. You know, so it, it feels louder. But, you know, Hibs, um, you know, when they when it's in full flow, they're both they're both both really good grounds. They're yeah. both really good grounds. Yeah. Obviously the magnitude of an old firm derby and a major side derby. Yeah. You know, but if you're a fan of a team, no matter who it is and what it is. So um if you're gonna make a five side team. All the players that you played with, who would it be? You're not playing either. You can be okay. manager. <laughs> um, 
Nigel Martin in goal, which is a tough one because I I I loved um, Tim Howard. Yeah, great lad, um, good goalkeeper. But Nigel just you know was was top draw. Yeah, um, striker. That's what I've two. So I'm, I'm a very attacking side <laughs> side team. Yeah, I'd go Wayne Rooney. And Henrik Larsson. Henrik Larsson. Yeah. How good was he? He was very good. Yeah. He was. He had a bit of everything. Fantastic in the air for someone of his size. Yeah. Great football brain in terms of awareness. Yeah. And movement. Really good finisher. Yeah. Left and right foot. Um, very good with his head. Yeah. He was probably because he played the Celtic for so long. I don't think people probably appreciated how good he was because they say, well, he never played in the Premiership. Yeah. And then he comes down and plays at United and he, and he was good there. Yeah. You know, listen, you don't play for Celtic, Man United, Barcelona. Yeah, you're not a good player. If you're not yeah. a good player. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So they beat me two up up there. Um, in midfield, I'd probably go to Canio. Yeah. Um Listen, some five sides. It is. It's got gold. I might even have a defender. I might just call all <laughs> midfielders and attackers. Um, on the other side, I am going all out of attack. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a fella called Lubo Moravchik at Celtic. Brilliant yeah. player. Mm. Technically, one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, left and right foot. Put it in the top corner with his left foot. Yeah, put it on the same spot and he put it in the top corner with his right foot. <laughs> Brilliant player. Yeah, Slovakian yeah. international. Yeah. Um, really, really, really talented player. Yeah. Um, and I am going to go. I'm having no defenders in this team. Yeah. Five sides all about scoring uh. goals. Uh, <laughs> and me holding midfield player. I'm going to go with. Or Max Day. Yeah. Mm. Celtic legends. I had the, the privilege and honour of playing with him very early on. Yeah. Um, Paul was probably at his, at his peak one of the best midfield players in the UK at the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, Celtic man probably could have walked into any English team if he yeah. wished to. Stayed, loved Celtic, brought up at all. I think it was linked with Man United and stuff quite a few times. Yeah. But such a such a talented talented player yeah who would you say the hardest player you played against was difficult because and only difficult because i played against so many yeah you know um when i played in the premiership i think that was the era of the best strikers yeah yeah i i look at myself as as fortunate some people might say unfortunate (laughs) coming up against them but you know i think i was Luckily, I'm privileged to play against, if let's name a few, Henri, Shearer, Drogba, Beerkamp, Zola, uh, Van, Nistelrooy. Paul, Van Nistelrooy, York, the list goes on. Yeah, some legends in there. You know, it was an yeah. incredible time for strikers Yeah, yeah. You know, at, at that time. Yeah. Fowler, and yeah. all, you know, even though... 
brilliant goal scorer. Yeah. You know, there was some some exceptional players, you know, around that time. You know, yeah. you look at them now, you know, there's I think in the Premier League, Haaland looks like he's a freak. Yeah. You know, but I wouldn't say there's the same calibre of what I've just mentioned yeah. that are playing, you know, for it's not the depth teams. is there. You know, so um they're still very good players. Yeah. But the players that are some of them ones yeah. have whittled off were, were absolutely out the top draw. If you could sign one player for Everton now from the Everton team you played with, who would it be? In the Everton team? Yeah. yeah. Take them from when you played and put them in the team now. From when I played into this Everton team right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think for the whole package and if he was fit Byron because of the type of player that I think they need right now. Mm. Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he epitomizes what this team needs right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There's a few, to be honest, that I could put in this team. Yeah. If I'm being really honest, um, there's a, there is a few. Lee Carsley would be another one. Yeah. You know, that protection in front of the back four. Mm. Um, yeah. There's, there's a, there is, there's a couple, um, but if you, I've had to name one, it'd be Duncan. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, the other week you signed a letter along with all the fan yeah. groups. Yeah, yeah. So what's your, your sort of your thoughts on the Everton board and that at the minute? The reason why I signed it because I signed it because of whatever you, every other fan signed it for. Yeah, yeah. Because it's time for change. Definitely, yeah, 100%. You know, um, we've had too many years of mediocrity. And going backwards, mm -hmm. and 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 it's not me just saying it for the sake of it. It's there right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to look at our results off the pitch. Millions in debt. Post posting millions of pounds of losses each season. We've spent over five hundred and fifty million on transfers. The team's worse than before we spent a penny. Yeah, yeah. Right now. Um, that fundamentally cannot happen. Yeah. These the people that are in charge have overseen all this, and there are still the people that are still in charge now. We have an owner who wants to blame everybody else rather than himself. He's listened to too much bad advice from whether it's agents or whether it's the board. If that if if the board are saying it's the owner then if i i will say then the people in place on the board shouldn't be there because they're getting undermined by the by the owner and the owner doesn't value their opinion yeah, yeah. so there's a twofold way about this mm. so because what what will happen now is that probably the board will look to blame machiri machiri will look to blame the board yeah um you know, or look to blame. Well, he's tried to blame the fans for sacking some of the managers, oh. which, is, which I find is just absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, there's. They've signed the director of football, as in Steve Walsh, got it badly wrong. Yeah. I'd love to hear. I know what I would really love that everybody comes clean. Yeah. Right. Steve Walsh. Comes, 
Dunk can come out and say about his time here. Was there interference with you doing your job? Marcel Brands, was there interference with you from a board, from the board, yeah. in terms of doing your job? If there was, what was it? Which players did you want to sign? Which players were you told to sign? Yeah. If you've got a director of football and he's being told or being advised, so let's say, to sign players, then why have we got a director of football in place? Yeah. You know, if you don't want if you want to employ a director of football, you've got to allow him to do his job. Yeah, yeah. You've got to allow him to put in a blueprint of of a DNA of the club going forward. We have yeah. not had one. No. Since no. since Farhad Mashiri has been in charge, we it looks like we have not had a plan. Whether we whether it was young players we sign and we build them and we sell them on as investments. Yeah. We've done bits of it, but not done bits of it. Um we buy experience or or, or we or we don't. Mm. You know, what what is the plan? Because yeah. you know, if He's, he's come out and said that there, is, there has been a plan. So where in that plan do you sign five number 10s in one season? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that that then def deflects against what he's saying because yeah. the plan surely would not have been to sign five players. We've, we've had a lot of money and we've just signed players who've had a good season in the Premiership. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've, we've just gone off. Oh, he's had a good season. He's a good player. We'll sign him. Yeah. Where does he fit in? Well, it doesn't matter. He'll fit in. Yeah. You know, recently we've bought young players, which which fine, I can get. Yeah. That's the model. But but it hasn't always been. There's been no kiss consistency over the piece of time in, yeah. in in the plan or in the model. Yeah. Um. So so we haven't had a plan because over the last couple of last season or so we've bought younger players as investments in the future, but in the first couple of years we haven't. Yeah. So the plan hasn't been consistent from start to finish. Yeah. So we so that more or less tells me that we haven't had a plan. Mm. So for him to say that we've had a plan is is wrong because yeah. we haven't. He's he's looking to blame everybody apart from himself. The one thing I would give him credit for is that he's put his money where his mouth is. He's done that. There's no one can deny that. Yeah. Right. But but then I would say, well, who's he listened to? Yeah. To buy these players because I think it's well known, it's common knowledge that a lot, quite a lot of these players have been bought by agents yeah. who've been in his ear. You know, I'm not going to name the agents. I think we all know the na the names that are out there. You know, but we've been so badly advised. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that and that's that and that's the thing. And for him to come out and say that he's happy with the way the board is. Who who is happy to lose? Well, which industry or which business would be prepared to lose five hundred and fifty million and still have the same directors and CEOs yeah. on the board after 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 recording them losses? They'd be gone. They'd be gone straight away. Baffling, isn't it? You know. Yeah. I I I don't know. I don't I don't get it. I, I yeah. really don't get it. Nothing adds up, does it? Doesn't. It's just all just absolute chaos. Yeah. Like, and unfortunately, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. I think you know we had a, a peaceful demonstration. Yeah. Saturday at the game with the sitting, mm -hmm. where we just had banners that were that were up around the ground. I think it's got it. It's definitely going to get louder. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
Uh, I don't want the protests to overspill and become yeah. violent. That's the last thing we want. Yeah. We're not going to gain anything by that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I must I must stress some of the things that we've seen after the game on Saturday with the players is wrong. Yeah. Mm. You know, I don't think any any Everton fans want to see that. It portrays the club in the wrong light. You know, mm-hmm. but it, it's frustration. Um, the worrying thing that I've seen today is the police statement that's come out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a real concern. Yeah. The fact that if there's been an incident and they haven't reported it to the police, which they haven't, the police have stated that. Yeah. Then for them to come out and not inform the police a couple of hours before the game, it's things, things are just not stacking up. Yeah, and it's also like a big f- thing for me is also during the season ticket prices, they've shot up again and again. And it's just like, I don't know how they can justify putting the season ticket yeah. prices up. They should be putting up anyway, cost of living crisis and all that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And like, well, there's, 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 lots of, there's lots of things out there in the moment, you know, in yeah. terms of this talk of the, the, sta- the price of the stadium going up. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. talk about that over overrunning 250 million. Talk about it was supposed to be 500, now it's 750. Yeah. You know, yeah. season ticket prices going up. You know, I don't know how they can put them up when we don't actually know where we're going to be right now. Yeah, yeah. but I also think in the future, how, how much more are they going to put them up by? Yeah, like yeah. it's. I think, like I think it's been up by ten percent like last year and this year, and it's like it's tough times for people it, too. It's very, it's very tough times. You know, inflation is as as high as that that I've ever witnessed it. Yeah, you know, the cost of living is has gone through the roof and mm. families it's 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 bad enough time to put meals on the table right now yeah than, than, than worrying about season tickets and going to games yeah you know so that i hope that the tickets when they do get finalized mm. take all these recommendations you know on board in terms of yeah. the situation right now because let's be honest it's not coming down you know any any yeah. anytime soon Hundred you know, percent. So you know, I I think we're in this for at least another eighteen months. Mm. Yeah. You know, so the prices have to reflect yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite pint or more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a pint drinker. Yeah. Um, I would. If I was, if I was having me me drink of choice, it would be a vodka cranberry. Yeah, so that's the first time um, we've had I would have a vodka cranberry. Um, if I was having a pint, um, it would probably be Moretti. Yeah, yeah shout. It'd probably choose pint of Moretti. Yeah, I think that's the safe one at the moment. But you know, if I if I, I if I was going out, I maybe only have one pint. And then yeah. go on to the vodkas. Yeah. Um, probably only because if I drank pints all night, one, I'd be pissed out my head. <laughs> and two, I'd tend to put weight on with, with the lagers. Yeah. So I, that's why I'd probably stand, stay clear of them and try and stay on the vodkas. Yeah. I, I think I need to try and stay on the vodkas. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if I had to ask before, is there any chance of a return to management? Or I don't think so. No. I don't, th- I, I don't think so. Um, I did enjoy it. I had a couple yeah. of bad experiences at Rotherham and St. Mary, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. There was 
you know, there was reasons for that. Um, but I don't want to waste your time going into that. <laughs> um, you know, so, but I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. I suppose you can never say never, but mm. it would have to be something, you know, yeah. really special. Yeah. You know, to, to go back in. Yeah. Um, I enjoy me, me life outside yeah. of it and I do I need the pressures of it? You know, no. You know, who would want to, Stand on the touchline and get berated by forty thousand fans. <laughs> you know you've got to you've got to be off something not yeah. not not all there. No, yeah. listen, I know why. I know the buzz that managers get yeah. there. It's great when you're winning. Yeah, mm. it's crap when you're losing. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, but you know that's where that's where where we're at. So the answer to that would be at this moment in time, I'm. Very happy to have one. Yeah, okay. And also, what was your favourite goal you scored? Because you've scored a few crackers. Um, did you score one against Bolton? I did enjoy the one against Bolton. Um, or the one against, against United? United was all right and all. You know, but probably if we had to, the one against Bolton. Yeah. yeah. Be the one, right. Even though it was Bolton. Probably, that was probably the better. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks very much for yeah, coming on. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, give us a five-star review. Also, we, when this goes out, I think it might not have been the live event yet. So, if it hasn't passed, get tickets in the link below. Nice one. Yeah. Shalom.